Sponsorship of the KQED live audio stream comes from Xfinity Mobile, featuring customized wireless plans. Customers can choose unlimited, buy the gig, shared data, or a mix of both and switch it up anytime. Learn more at XfinityMobile.com. From KQED in San Francisco, this is the Writer's Block. Hello, my name's David Mitchell. I'm a British novelist. I'm 41. I'm the author of five books, Ghostwritten, Number Nine Dream, Cloud Atlas, Black Swan Green, and this, the latest, The Thousand Autumns of Jacob de Zoot. I'm going to read a short excerpt from, from this last book. This is the 1st of August, 1799. The cogs and leaves of time swell and buckle in the heat. In the stewed gloom, Jacob hears almost the sugar in its crates hissing into fused lumps. Come auction day, it shall have to be sold to the spice merchants for a pittance, or else, as well they know, it must be returned to the ship's hold for a profitless return voyage back to the warehouses of Batavia. The clerk drains his cup of green tea. The bitter dregs make him wince and amplify his headache, but sharpen his wits. On a bed of clove crates and hempen sacking, Hansaburo lies asleep. A slug trail of mucus trickles from his nostril to rocky Adam's apple. The scratch of Jacob's quill is joined by a not dissimilar noise from a rafter. It is a rhythmic scratching, soon overlain by a tiny soaring squeak. A he-rat, the young man realises, mounting his she-rat. Listening, he becomes enwrapped by memories of women's bodies. These are not memories he is proud of, nor ones he ever discusses, but the images dwell on him and thicken his blood like arrowroot. With difficulty, Jacob returns to his pursuit of the fifty-one rickstollers fleeing through thickets of forged receipts found in one of Daniel Snicker's boots. He tries to pour more tea into his cup, but the pot is now empty. He calls out, Hansaburo! The boy does not stir. The rutting rats have fallen silent. Hi! Long seconds later, the boy jolts upright. Mr. Dazuto? Jacob raises his ink-smudged cup. Fetch more tea, please, Hansaburo. Hansaburo squints and rubs his head and blurts. Huh? More tea, please. Jacob waggles his teapot. Ocha! Hansaburo sighs and heaves himself up and takes a teapot and plods away. Jacob sharpens his quill, but within moments his head is drooping. A hunchbacked dwarf stands silhouetted in the white glare of Boney Alley, gripped in his hairy hand as a club. No, it's a long joint of bony, blooded pork. Jacob lifts his heavy head, his stiff neck cricks. The hunchback enters the warehouse, grunting and snuffling. The joint of pork is, in fact, an amputated shin, with ankle and foot attached. Nor is the hunchback a hunchback. It is William Pitt, the ape of Dejima. Jacob jumps up and bangs his knee, and the pain is prismatic. William Pitt clambers up a tower of crates with his bloody prize. How, in God's name, Jacob rubs his kneecap, did you come by such a thing? There's no reply but calm and steady breathing of the sea. And Jacob remembers, Dr. Malinus was summoned to the Shenandoah yesterday, where an Estonian seaman's foot had been crushed by a fallen crate. Gangrenous wounds spoiling faster than milk in a Japanese August. The doctor prescribed the knife. The surgery is being performed today in the hospital, so his four students and some local scholars may watch the procedure, and, however improbably, William Pitt must have forced an entry and stolen the limb. What other explanation is there? 
A second figure, momentarily blinded by the warehouse darkness, enters. His willowy chest is heaving with exertion. His blue kimono is covered with an artisan's apron, spattered dark, and strands of hair have escaped from the headscarf that half conceals the right side of his face. Only when he steps into the shaft of light falling from the high window does Jacob see that the pursuer is in fact a young woman. Aside from the washerwomen and the few aunts who skivvy at the Interpreters' Guild, the only women permitted through the land gate are prostitutes who are hired for a night or wives who stay under the roofs of the better-paid officers for longer periods. These costly courtesans are attended by a maid. Jacob's best guess is that the visitor is one such companion who wrestled with William Pitt for the stolen limb, failed to prize it from his grasp and chased the ape into the warehouse. Voices, Dutch, Japanese, Malay, clatter down Long Street from the hospital. The doorway frames their outlines, brief as blinks, running down Boney Alley. Jacob sifts his meagre Japanese vocabulary for any suitable items. When she notices the red-haired, green-eyed foreigner, she gasps with alarm. "'A miss!' implies Jacob in Dutch. "'I... I... 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 I please don't worry. I...' The woman studies him and concludes that he's not much of a threat. "'Bad monkey,' she regains her composure. "'Steel foot!' He nods at this and realises. You speak Dutch, miss? Her shrug replies, a little. She says, bad monkey, enter here? Aye, aye, the hairy devil's up there. Jacob indicates William Pitt upon his crates. Wanting to impress the woman, he strides over. Now, William Pitt, unhand that leg. Give it to me. Give? The ape places the leg at his side, grips his rhubarb pink penis and twangs it like a harpist in a madhouse cackling through bared teeth. Jacob fears for his visitor's modesty, but she turns aside to hide her laughter, and in doing so, reveals a burn covering much of the right side of her face. It is dark, blotched, and close up, very conspicuous. How can a courtesan's maid, Jacob wonders, earn a living with such a disfigurement? Too late, he is aware that she is watching him gawp. She pushes back her headscarf and thrusts her cheek towards Jacob. There! This gesture declares, you just drink your fill. I, Jacob's mortified, uh, uh, please forgive my rudeness, miss. I, fearing she doesn't understand, he holds a deep bow for the count of five. The woman reties her headscarf and directs her attention to William Pitt. Ignoring Jacob, she addresses the ape in lilting Japanese. The thief hugs the leg like a motherless daughter hugs a doll. Determined to cut a better figure, Jacob approaches the tower of crates. He jumps up onto an adjacent chest. Listen to me, you flea-bitten slave. You'll... A warm and liquid whiplash smelling of roast beef lashes his cheek, and in an effort to deflect the warm stream, he loses his balance and tumbles off the chest, heels over arse and lands on the beaten earth. Mortification, thinks Jacob, as the pain eases, requires at least a little pride. The woman is leaning against Hansaburo's improvised cot. But I have no pride left, for I am pissed upon by William Pitt. She's dabbing her eyes and shivering with near-silent laughter. Anna laughs that way, Jacob thinks of his fiancée. Anna laughs that very way. Hi, sorry. She inhales deeply and her lips twitch. Excuse my... my... lewdness? Rudeness, miss. He goes to the water pail. Rude, with an R. Rudeness, she repeats, with an R. It is nothing funny. Jacob washes his face, but to rinse the monkey urine from his second-best linen shirt, he must first remove it. And to do so here, in front of her, is out of the question. 
You wish? She hunts in a sleeve pocket, taking out a closed fan and putting it on a crate of raw sugar before producing a square of paper. You wish, white face? Most kind. Jacob takes it and dabs his brow and cheeks. Trade with monkey, she suggests. Trade thing for leg. Jacob gives the idea it's due. Well, the beast is a slave to tobacco. A tobacco. She claps her hands once in resolve. You have? Jacob hands her the last of his Javanese leaf in a leather pouch. She dangles the bait from a broomhead level with William Pitt's airy. The ape reaches out. The woman sways it away, mumbling entreaties, before William Pitt lets go of the leg to seize his new prize. The limb thumps to earth and stops dead at the woman's foot. She gives Jacob a glance of triumph and discards the broom and takes up the amputated limb as easily as a farmhand picking up a turnip. Its hat through bone pokes from the bloody sheath and its toes are grubby. Up above, the casement rattles. William Pitt has escaped through the window with his bounty over the roofs of Long Street. Tobacco is loose, sir, says the woman, very sorely. Ah, no matter, miss, you have your leg. Well, not your leg, but... Shouted questions and answers fly up and down Boney Alley. Jacob and his visitor take a couple of steps back from each other. Forgive me, miss, but are you a courtesan's maid? Courtesan's maid, or... This baffles her. What is? Uh, uh, Jacob grasps for a substitute word. Uh, whore's helper? She lays the limb on a square of cloth. Why horse need helper? A guard appears in the doorway. He sees a Dutchman, the young woman and the lost foot. He grins and shouts into Boney Alley, and within moments more guards, inspectors and officials arrive, followed by Deputy Van Cleef, then Dejima's strutting constable, Kosugi, Marinus's assistant, Ilatu, his apron as bloodied as the burnt woman's, Ali Klot and a Japanese merchant with darting eyes, several scholars and Kontumi, carrying his carpenter's rule and asking Jacob in English, "'What's that smell about you, man?' Jacob remembers his half-restored ledger on the table, wide open for all to see. Hastily he conceals it, just as four youths arrive, each with the shaven heads of medical students, and aprons like the burnt woman's, and commence to fire questions at her. The clerk guesses that these are Dr. Malinus's seminarians, and soon the intruders let the woman recount her story. She indicates the tower of crates where William Pitt clambered up, and now gestures towards Jacob, who blushes as twenty or thirty heads look his way. She speaks her language with quiet self-possession. The clerk awaits the hilarity which must greet his dousing in ape-piss, but she omits the episode, it seems, and her narrative ends with nods of approval. Toomey leaves with the Estonian's limb to fashion a wooden substitute of roughly the same length. "'I saw you!' Van Cleef snatches a guard sleeve. "'You damned thief!' A shower of bright red nutmeg berries spills across the floor. Bart Fisher shed his blasted robbers out of our warehouse. The deputy makes herding motions towards the door, shouting, Out! Out! Grote, frisk whoever looks suspicious. Aye, just as they frisk us. Dezoot, watch our merchandise or it'll sprout legs and walk. Jacob stands on a crate, the better to survey the departing visitors. He sees the burnt maid step into the sunlit alley, assisting a frail scholar. And contrary to his expectations, she turns and waves a hand once. Jacob is delighted by this secret acknowledgement and waves back. No, he realises, she's just sheltering her eyes from the sun. Yawning, Hansabura enters, carrying a pot of tea. He didn't even ask her name, Jacob realises, Jacob the Bonehead. He notices that she left the closed fan on the crate of raw sugar. 
Storm-faced Van Clayf leaves last, pushing past Hansebulo, who stands at the threshold, holding the pot of tea. Hansebulo asks, Thing happen? To subscribe to the writer's block and hear more stories, visit kqed.org slash writersblock. The Writer's Block is produced by KQED.